was reading this morning about a couple that fell deeply, deeply in love. Young couple they were. They come to an understanding and agreement that after they got married, that he would make all the major decisions, but she would make the minor ones. After 20 years, he was asked, how's it going? He said, you know, strange thing, that been a major decision come up in all these 20 years. <laughs> Anybody agree with that? Know what I'm talking about. Psalms 37 this morning for just a few moments, not very long. I would like to preach to you out of the book of Psalms, Psalms 37. And... Uh, I guess uh, if you had a title to the to the message, uh, it would be "I have decided to follow Jesus." I have decided to follow Jesus. Our decisions and our choices determines if we are victims or victors. Where you are today. Is because of what your choice was yesterday. Your decisions in your youth many times determines your success or lack thereof in your adulthood. So I'd like to talk to you out of the book of Psalms 37. And if you read the psalm and you really let it sink down you will see that God is saying it's decision time. Notice what he says. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. You have a choice. You can either fret, or you can trust. You can fret about what everybody else is doing, and what the political agenda is in America, or you can trust the Lord. You have a decision. Amen. Amen. We're good at fretting, aren't we? Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. We have a choice. We can either fret about what we don't have, or trust God and delight in his word, and then he'll give us what we want. Wow. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. I guess we can fret or commit. I guess we can wonder what in the world is going to happen tomorrow or we can trust God that he's going to make it come out all right anyhow. And if it don't come out all right, we can trust him anyhow to make it all right. Amen. I think it's decision time. He shall bring forth, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light. Now notice, and thy judgment as noonday. You know what I think is happening in America? 
We're following the leader and he don't know where he's going. We've developed a crowd mentality. Not a thinker in the bunch. Just followers. But if we'll commit our ways to the Lord, delight in the Lord, trust the Lord, rest in the Lord, and he shall make our judgment as bright as the noonday sun. Wow. That's better than snuff and not near as dusty. Amen. The Bible said, rest in the Lord. Verse 7. And wait patiently. Boy, that's tough, isn't it? Uh, especially with all the blue light specials. You know, now you can buy a mattress and finance it for eight years with nothing down and no interest. <laughs> Would you like to buy a used mattress? I can't imagine anybody financing a mattress for eight years. You know what's wrong? Bunch of followers. You know, you can buy a new car now with nothing down. And no interest for eight years. Wow, what a bargain. Amen. No interest. They just had that on the front end. I tell you, I've never seen a bunch of dumb, dumb people in all my life. Hmm? Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself. In any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, and those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. I'd like to ask you a question, and, and uh, you don't have to raise your hand and answer it. Are you good at making good decisions? We all make decisions, but I have come to the conclusion that we don't all make good decisions all the time. Many of our decisions we make in life we learn from others that we're following. A young couple can be having problems and they go next door to the couple who's had five wives now and the one they got is not their own to ask for advice. It's like taking your car to the dentist and said, something's wrong with my car. We're like a fellow with a, a magnet in his pocket with a compass in his hand, trying to find true north. <laughs> We're as confused as a bunch of grasshoppers sitting in the freeway with their hopper broken. We just hop 
any way the crowd tells us to hop. We embrace anything the crowd is embracing. We wear anything that the crowd is wearing. We mark our body like the NBA stars are marking their body. You said, you got anything against tattoos? Course not, except they hurt. A young businessman went to a very successful businessman one day and he asked, what is the secret of your success? And the very successful businessman says, because I make good decisions. And he was asked, how did you learn to make good decisions? The man said, because I made so many bad ones. Don't we all? But we all have to make decisions. And a lot of folks can get through life making all kinds of dumb decisions and and never learn from them. I never cease to be amazed at people who make childish, harebrained, then can poop decisions. You say, have you ever made any of them recently? But I'd like to think I was smart enough to learn not to make the same ones again. Someone has said, if you find yourself in a hole, quit digging. Does that make sense to you? If it's not working, my God, turn the page. Do something different. But no, we just keep digging. <laughs> digging and digging and digging. Well, well, you know, there's two kinds of decisions we can make. We make small decisions, big decisions. Some of you this morning made decisions on what color tie to wear. They don't match your shirt, but you just made a decision anyhow. And who cares anymore? Nobody cares if clothes match anymore, you know. Sean wears black suit and yellow shoes. My son wears dark suits and yellow shoes. That looked to me like it clashes. I'm not too sure. But they're making that decision, and we make decisions on what socks to wear, but you don't take your shoes off because it reveals. I was preaching one time, in evangelism years and years ago and, and I was illustrating something and I reached down and took my boot off and I slid my boot off and stuck my foot up in the air and my toe was sticking straight up there. <laughs> my sock had a hole in it and I said, oh, bless God, I'll never do that again. So uh, make some dumb decisions, do we not? Some absolutely crazy decisions. We had a brush arbor meeting years ago and we had a stump. We, we took the pulpit out and we put a stump up there. And uh, I got excited preaching. I hit that stump with my fist and uh, I said, amen, oh me. And I looked down and I had busted my knuckle and uh, it was looking bad. And uh, I just missed and we went home in prayer right about then. Dumb things. 
I've broken ribs preaching. I've passed out and gone absolutely blind preaching. Dumb things we do. We make small decisions. Uh, we, we choose to eat healthy. Since I got out of the hospital, I am the healthiest booger you've ever seen. I have not eaten anything that tastes good, looked good, or even sounded good. But I, I'm like Tarzan. I can beat on my chest. I can swing through the vines and the trees and uh, fall real easy. But we, we choose to eat. What we eat today determines our health tomorrow. And, and there's those small decisions we make that is not going to change our life a great deal. But there are decisions, choices that we make that absolutely determines what we're going to do and where we're going to be the rest of our lives. I was reading this morning about Marin Folsom, who was once the top Eastman Kodak company executive. And in giving advice to the chairman of the board of Manhattan Corporation, or Chase Manhattan, he told him, he said, Bill, you're going to find that 95% of all the decisions you make in the corporation, they could be made by the average sophomore in high school. 95%. But he said, Bill, you're making a huge, huge salary for the 5% of the big decisions you make. It's not the little decisions that break our back. It's the 5% of the big life-changing decisions that we fret about, that we worry about, that we are absolutely in trauma about. It's the 5%. How are we doing at the big ones? About who we allow our teenagers to date the first time because if you allow them to date the wrong one the first time what happens if they get emotionally involved the first time and then it ends up in marrying all because of the 5% of the important decisions we make boy I preached a funeral yesterday that's livelier than this. <laughs> Help me a little bit. I'm, I'm having a little trouble here. I'm just wondering if maybe we can get this thing off the ground or not. We're talking about making decisions. Reminds me of a story I told years ago. You probably remember it. You say, why are you telling it again? Because I don't have any other story to tell. Remind me of the story of the company that had a large piece of equipment and the thing tore up. It would not function. It would not work. And all the maintenance department within the facility, they tried everything in the world they could do to fix this piece of equipment. Without this piece of equipment, nothing, no production, nothing was taking place. And so they tried every, everybody in the house Everybody in town to try to fix the machine. They could not get it fixed. No, it would not work at all. So they had to go out of town 
and call an expert in. You know what expert is, don't you? That's a guy who can fix a machine. And so they called an expert in. And the fellow told him on the phone, said, look, if I come, it'll cost you $1,000 to get there. It'll cost you $1,000 to fix the machine. And it'll cost $1,000 to get me back home. And the guy said, well, we have no choice. The machine's not working. The production's down. Uh, we can't stand this. So they flew the guy in. The guy come in, looked at the machine, went and walked around it a few times, surveyed what it was doing, and walked over to a place, and wham, he kicked the machine and began to run. And it ran perfect. The guy that owned the machine said, what are you going to charge me for that? He said, $1,000. He said, you're going to charge me $1,000 for doing nothing but kicking my machine? He said, no, sir, I'm charging you $1,000 for knowing where to kick. <laughs> that was your co-pastor that finally got that. <laughs> In case you don't know who it was. Decision. Successful people, listen, successful people understand the seriousness of making the right decision today. Not tomorrow, because tomorrow you'll be living the decision. You'll either be trusting or you'll be fretting. You'll be a victim of your decision today, tomorrow, or you'll be the victor because of your decision. Everybody knows the thing that distinguishes a successful person from every other person is the decisions that they make. The distinguishing feature in a successful business is the direct result of right decisions by the leadership in that business. The success of a local New Testament church. is dependent upon the leadership of that church making wise, profitable decisions. It's like if you had $100,000 you wanted to invest and suddenly you read and you see, hey, well, here's hundreds of, of mutual funds that I can invest in. And you've got $100,000 of your money and you're going to invest this money. And you look at a hundred mutual funds and you say, well, it really doesn't make any difference. Just snatch one up and invest in it. Is that how you do your money? Why would you do your life that way? If you don't do your money that way, why would you trust your kids in that situation? We need to make wise investments and wise decisions. And for just a minute, I want to give you here out of the book of Psalms and out of the Bible some really, really uh, wisdom and wise counsel in making wise, major decisions. Today, some of you are going to make a decision whether you serve Christ or keep going the way you're going. That's going to determine what tomorrow in your life is going to look like. Some of you are going to determine that you're going to come to church when you want to instead of when God wants you to. 
And somehow or another, you think that you're going to get away with all that. Somehow or another, it just don't get over to you that you are not your own. You are bought with a price. And you're to glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And let me give you three, three kinds of decision makers. Number one, there is those who are indecisive. Indecisive. You'll find them in the book of 1 Kings 18 and verse 21. And you'll find Elijah there uh, speaking to the nation of Israel. There in front of 850 false prophets. They're in front of the most wicked king in all of the Bible, Ahab. There is Jezebel stands by and listen. Ahab and all of his crowd and all the devil's crowd and listen to what Elijah has to say to the people. And I would say to you today, if Elijah was here today and he was preaching to you today, he would probably preach the same sermon. And he says this in verse number 21. He says, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. And if Baal be God, follow him. Now here's the important part. Watch this. Watch this. And the people answered not a word. Passive. Don't bother me. I've got a 52-inch television and Netflix. Don't bother me, Elijah, with all this religious junk. Don't bother me. Everything's all right. Let Ahab do his thing. Let Jezebel do her jezzing. Anything you want done. But whatever you do, Elijah, we are not up to making a decision. President Carter was asked one time, have you ever made a decision? He said, I think so. Someone has said, to have a choice, to have a choice and not choose is your choice. Well, I'm not going to vote. That's your choice. But you are making a choice of who runs this country for the next four years. Passive. Do nothingism. Don't bug me. I'm comfortable. Don't trust God. Don't commit to God. Don't rest in God. Just do nothing. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in, you mow the rest of it, 
all his ways. Double-minded means to be, to be pulled in two directions at the same time. That's what it means. It means that somebody's yanking this way and somebody is yanking this way. But a passive individual don't want to go either way. They want to go their way. And I'm just saying today, we need to make good choices. As the soul winner in the book of Acts knelt there with Agrippa the king, and with his soul winner's testament out, the apostle Paul is trying to persuade Agrippa to be saved. And as he deals with him the scriptures, you know what the Bible says? That Agrippa said, Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. How many times have you sat under the preaching of the word of God and the spirit of God quickened your heart and, and, and sent the, 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 the spirit of love within your soul and you knew you need to be saved and you got up and walked out because you did not want to make a decision and you're still on your way to hell, religiously on your way to hell. What a shame. There's those passive decision makers. Passive. Well, preacher, I just don't want to get involved. I'd like to have you for a quarterback. Preacher, I I just don't get involved. Just what good are you as a church member if you don't get involved? What kind of Christian soldier are you if you don't want to get involved? Passive. Indecisive. And the people answered him not a word. I remember 40 years ago preaching like I preach now and the altars filled with folk being saved. Forty-some years ago, I preached revival in Newark, Texas, underneath the tent. Brother Buchanan was a cheapskate. He'd have me lead singing one night, Jerry preached the next night, and we just switched back and forth. That way he didn't have to pay a song leader. Deadbeat. But one night in that revival meeting, I think it was on Thursday night, I preached. And I preached on the most unusual funeral in the Bible. And I preached out of the book of the Revelation, chapter 20. We had 150 some verses of just as I am that night. Over 100 people walked forward and got saved. A drunk walking down the sidewalk. Looked over there and saw what was going on and stumbled to the altar and he got saved. The train on the track stopped. The engineer and the folks in the caboose in the, in, in, the, in the cab got out and came to the meeting. Amen. Sunday school superintendent got saved. Eleven Sunday school teachers got saved. Boy, I don't know what happened. That happened around here. We just followed the crowd. We'd rather fret us to trust. We'd rather fret us to rest. We'd rather fret and worry and as to commit ourselves to God. There's that indecisive crowd. And then there's that blue light special crowd. 
the impulsive decision makers. You know that crowd. That's the crowd that the advertisement world is trying to reach. That's the crowd that buys a mattress for eight years financing. Now you say, well, I just bought one. Well, you just got in the crowd that you are in then. Dear Lord, can you think, I told my wife, can you think, honey, let's run down and buy two of them mattresses. We'll both be dead in eight years and we won't have to pay for them. Amen. But the impulsive crowd. You know, this crowd makes decisions, but they make them without prayer. They make them without searching God's will. The Bible says, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And these impulsive decision makers, they just, well, uh, if it feels good, let's do it, you know. Uh, you know, we, we date because we feel good. We don't date because of the standards in the Bible. We get married because we fell in love. Head over heels in love. And we get married because it feels good. Well, after two or three weeks, how's it feeling? When you discovered everything that came off her that you didn't know what was going to come off when it came off and you woke up and her teeth was gone and uh, a lot of other necessities were less and you look and say, my God, what did I get into? You should have prayed. Some of you women had a rougher deal than that, amen? But impulsive decision makers about dating and marrying and burying and moving and attending and obeying, we just, well, if, it, if I don't feel like, hey, what your feelings got to do with the eternal word of God? And we make decisions out of impulses. Oh, let me tell you something. If I went to hell for lying to all the little girls that I told I was in love with. They wouldn't be enough hells to cover all that. You guys know what I'm talking about. You spent your entire youth conning innocent little girls. And you girls spent thousands of dollars trying to get them to con you. Impulsive, emotional decisions, they're not going to work out, folks. And then making those decisions during emotional trauma. Folk come to my office and, well, we're going to get a divorce. Why? He kicked my cat. <laughs> Dear God, everybody will get divorced so somebody kicked a cat. Or he taught my dog how to meow instead of bark. Doesn't make the news. My wife and I, we sit there watching news, and I say, it's coming. She'll say, what? I said, the dog story. <laughs> and it'll come on. she say, there it is. There it is. There it is. Don't miss it. There's the dog story. More concerned about dogs, cats, than, than kids. You can't abort a dog, but you can abort a baby. 
I think we're too busy hugging trees and saving hooping owls. But you, you don't make, you don't, you don't make life-changing decisions. You don't fret and fret and fret and fret. I tell the folks that come to my office, whatever you do during this time, don't make life-changing decisions when you're in an emotional trauma in your life. Amen. If you just got a divorce, try to work it out. Can't work it out. Be careful. Don't do it again. During disappointments and disagreements, we act impulsive. If I had a thousand dollars for every time I needed to apologize to my wife for reacting to her impulsive and emotional, she'd be rich and I'd be double broke. Anybody here like that? There's such a guy in the Bible by the name of Peter. When they came to the garden there to arrest our Lord, Peter was the fella that was quick on the draw. Remember that guy? Peter acted impulsive. Peter didn't think. Peter didn't pray. Peter didn't ask the Lord. Peter just took things into his own hands. And off went Malchus' ear. And Jesus said, put your sword up, Peter. We don't need any impulsive decision made. This is already straightened out. We know what's going to come up. We know the outcome. Same guy one time said, I'd like to walk on the water. Anybody remember that guy? Yeah. Lord, is that you? Well, who do you think it is, Peter? You seen anybody else do this lately? (laughs) What seminar did you miss, Peter, that you ain't seen somebody walking on the water? Well, Peter said, if it's you then, let me try it. You know how many words Jesus used? Come. (laughs) If that had been me, I said, have you got a few more you could yield in there? And Peter out of impulse, out of emotion, hit the water, did he not? Remember what happened next? The first wave that hit him in the face, he become baptistic. <laughs> I didn't know I'd have to come three times a week. I didn't know you're supposed to tithe. Any of you ever made decisions out of impulse only to find yourself sinking the next day? Sure we have. There's that indecisive bunch who never makes a decision, yet in their failure to make the decision, 
they make the gravest decision of all. Fifty years ago in my living room, as the preacher showed me the Roman road, I had a decision to make. I could either say no, I don't want nothing to do with heaven, hell's all I need, I'll take all of that you want to give me. Or I could say, yes, Jesus, I'd like to be saved. And I'm glad I made that decision. The wisest decision I've ever made is when I slid off my couch and landed on my knees. And there, as an old gruff, hell-raising, drinking fighter, I confessed my sins. And I invited Christ into my heart, the smartest, the most intelligent decision I've ever made in my life is when I accepted Christ as my Savior. And that night, I decided to follow Jesus. Been now on 50 years, over 50 years now. And it gets gooder and gooder as the days go by. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And then I close. There's those intelligent decisions that we make. I was reading this morning about the second most brilliant man in the world. He's got the second highest IQ of any man in the world. He wrote an article in Reader's Digest called, If I'm So Smart, Why Am I So Dumb? He said, for instance, I'm smart enough to be walking by a chain link fence with the loops being two inches square. Somebody on the other side of the fence picks up an inch and a half rock and throws it at me through that fence. But in my intelligence, I know that the percentage is far in my behalf. Because that rock is going to hit one of the wires and glance off and not hit me. Then he said, wrong. <laughs> said the rock did not touch a single wire. And now I have a lump on my head. Intelligence. The IQ test on intelligence. Are you ready? We do not determine a person's intellect and intelligence by their IQ test. A person's intelligence is determined by the decisions they made yesterday. Because a lot of smart people Make a lot of dumb decisions. Hitler, Mussolini, Bin Laden. A lot of intelligent people make a lot of dumb decisions. And I just wonder. Are we about tired 
of showing our ignorance? You're going to fall into one of these categories. Either you're going to be indecisive, impulsive, or intelligent in your decision making. I remember a fellow one time was a successful business in Luke chapter 12. In fact, he was a farmer. My wife and I are farmers. We discussed it yesterday as we drew, drove down in the country down by Alvarado and saw them pretty fields and they just looked so good. Then we drove by our ranch and we looked at our fields and we decided we'd take up something else besides farming. Their farms are so green, ours are so brown. But he said, look at all the goods you've got. I think I'll build me some more barns and put all my goods in it. What a wise decision that is. And then I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. I'm going to do my own thing because look what I've got. Do you remember what God called that guy? He said, thou fool. The smartest decision that I will ever make or you will ever make is when you decide to follow Jesus. When you quit fretting and start trusting. When you stop fretting and start resting in the Lord. And when you stop fretting and worrying about it and commit thy ways to the Lord. That's when he'll start blessing. 